UFC 274 is now officially a matter of record. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. Before we archive its remains, let's get some stuff on the books. Phoenix, Arizona's first UFC pay-per-view saw 14 fights with two KOs, two subs, and 10 decisions, five uni, five split, with a total cage time of two hours, 53 minutes, 28 seconds. Nine favorites would win, but five dogs prevailed, the largest straight money line being CJ Vergara at plus 305. If you had Mike Chandler with a second round KO at plus 550, you had the biggest win of the whole card. Charlie Olives now has the most lightweight subs of all time with 10. He also has the fastest Gaethje speed run, finishing him in just 322, earning him our Sonic the Hedgehog award. Was Rose versus Carla, the least strikes landed in a five-rounder, as Joe Rogan suggested. Nope, 17 fights that have gone the distance had less, including 10 title bouts. It did, however, by a huge margin, have the least ground fighting of any of them. Iron Mike scored the first kick finish of his career and earned the first true KO stoppage of El Kakui in his 14-year tenure, and OSP and Shogun together surpassed JBJ for the most 205-pound UFC fights with 23, earning our Didn't See That Coming award. But the stats can only tell us so much, let's dive deeper. Hey, what's up, guys? Jason here with the before and after. What a bizarre card this one turned out to be, right? Well, at least it ended well. And in terms of that, what a fight Chandler versus Ferguson ended up being. Of course, the story of the week ended up being about Tony's problems with the UFC. What's up, fuckers? The company for a long time, they treated me like shit. Uh, Dana said something the other day where he said that boxers are overpaid. You know, I'm not going to say stay in your lane, but man, that guy's overpaid too. I think we're underpaid personally. I want to go play baseball. I want to go do other pro sports. I'm an athlete. I grew up playing different pro sports or different sports. Then I have this guy right here acting like a fucking drug dealer telling me I can't go and do this shit. Which might be why he didn't really have as much to say during the press conference. Uh, it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I can't really talk too much shit. I'm going to go out there and just put the pressure on him. Uh, blades and shades, baby. But without a doubt, he was right about one thing for sure. I'm here to do this in stylistic fashion, which is my own way, which is either through a knockout or through a submission. I'm not a late starter. Chandler definitely acknowledged as much as well. Tony is who we thought he was, awkward, rangy, uh, unorthodox, and uh, got caught with something. So um, we're going to clean that up. Going into this week, you could definitely tell what side the crowd was on, and Chandler saw it coming. Phoenix! My reception, you're fighting Tony Ferguson on, on uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, so I, I expected to have a little bit of a a little bit of a, a, a wall to go up against. But hey, man, I'm excited to compete. One of the things that maybe got him through that round and rough early going in the first might have been this statement. I chose to be ignorant to the fact that I was going to accept that he may have lost a step, that maybe he's getting slower, that maybe his performances are getting are getting uh, worse, because those are all excuses that you can put in your put in your chamber. As for the finish, Chandler, as it turns out, may have been just as shocked as the rest of us. Listen, I hate to bust everybody's bubble. All you fans, you think we train all these things and they la land with pre precision. I never train the front kick. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I don't even know if I saw in the moment. I think my, my body just moved and foot foot to face and just a couple backflips. But we don't train a lot of front, front kicks. I will tell you that. Man, it hurts my toes. So uh, my, my right foot is a little bit sore. It can be really tough to watch a fan favorite like that. And Dana himself has a recommendation on what to do next. He looked damn good in that first round, but that was a vicious knockout. You know what I mean? I think what needs to happen now is Tony needs to take some time off. The only problem is Tony kind of already did that and even mentioned it. I wanted to disappear a little bit. I wanted to make sure that 
I was in the right places at the right times doing certain things, so didn't talk to you fuckers. As for Connor being next, it seems like everyone is on board, but we can't get too carried away. I mean, who the hell wouldn't want to see that fight? Yeah, that's one. First of all, talking about Connor's, he's not ready. Then going into the co-main, just wow. This was without a doubt one of the most bizarre fights in title history, any fight, period. I went back through a bunch of Rose's interviews throughout the week, and I can't help but feel part of what went wrong may have been taking Carla a little too seriously. Um, this for sure is, uh, if, if there was ever a time just to be focused on this one, it's definitely this fight. Um, Carla is no joke. She said she's a bigger, better version of herself, and I agree with that. I think um, she's, you know, her traps are bigger. <laughs> she's got bigger muscles, and uh, she's and she's a lot stronger. And then there was all the talks about mental coaches and focusing during fights. I don't know, but it does seem like it worked a little too well. It seemed like she was in a different world from everyone else. I actually been doing this. Uh, I have a mental coach who like uh, makes these like audio. Uh, like meditation kind of guided meditation things that I, I just like listen to. And that carried over into post fight. In her head, this was a plain as day robbery. I uh, won that fight. Uh, I stuck to the strategy. Um, I, I felt like as if I landed more shots. I don't think that I was getting the booze. I'm pretty sure that was Carla. <laughs> I mean, they both were, but she was even less active than Carla. Another thing that was incredibly interesting was to go all the way back to their first fight about seven or eight years ago and see what each one of them had to say. It was the exact opposite last time with Carla being the favorite. At the beginning of the show, it felt like you were sort of feeling the pressure of being the top ranked fighter. I mean, I didn't really get over it. I mean, as, as it shows, I'm, I was nervous before every fight. I was, you know, I know that anybody can beat anybody anytime. Ironically, Rose thought she'd win that first fight because of pretty much the opposite of what went down this weekend. It pales in comparison to, to my fights, you know, just with the aggression that I bring and just the intensity that I have. So perhaps she overcorrected here. What did Carla make of the fight? You know, I, I definitely was a little bit surprised. Um, I thought she was going to be a little bit more aggressive. I wasn't surprised necessarily at the game plan, you know, the takedown the takedown can definitely make um, people a bit weary, and I felt that she wasn't really committing. Dana said he had to leave the arena basically in his head. I don't even know, man. I, I started, like, zoning out, like, halfway through it, so I don't know. It's just such a shame to see a controversy like this happen. Rose clearly had so many fans on her side going into this one. Uh, spiritually, I'm transformed. Um... <laughs> And equally, it's a shame that while Carla has regained her title and broke records with it being so long since her last reign, it's pretty well overshadowed at this moment. You know, it would really just show like, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still like number one. It wasn't a fluke back then. Like it would really just solidify me as a fighter and my skill set, you know, over these years. It's an unfortunate to to be a part of a fight like that. As for what is next, it's pretty clear that one option is eliminated. I don't think anybody's clamoring for that rematch. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to figure something else out. And so, for her first title defense back as champion, the challenger seems to be pretty obvious. Yeah, like it would be awesome to kind of change the history. I beat Rose the first time and won the belt, and then lost it to Joanna. Um, you know, I feel like it would be 
a really, a really big accomplishment to go in there and beat her. Moving on to the main event, well, the controversy just keeps coming in. No one is really sure what to make of the weight cut disaster this week. There were a few famous theories, though. I mean, I made weight in the UFC scale on Thursday night. Um, other fighters started talking about it as well. They were talking about exactly those 200 grams, 300 grams, and it was exactly the difference in the scale of the UFC. Dana seems to think it's a bit more mundane than all of that, though. We have this issue where guys come out and they'll start checking the scale the night before and guys from other parts of the world do kilos so they all start fucking with the scale and you know this is we got to have a security guard in there where the scale is now and it's a nightmare i mean it's a nightmare and that's the thing about it it mars an otherwise beautiful title reign one of the reasons we are still hearing comments like this based on his past and a new reason why it makes sense forward once a coward always a coward i'm not calling him a coward but i'm saying that's you can't just take that away uh it's there Either way, in Charles' mind, a common refrain for this week pretty much sums it up. The champion has a name. His name is Charles Oliveira. Uh, this is what we're going back to. The champion has a name. His name is Charles Oliveira. Goes to show that the champion has a name and it's Charles Oliveira. I told you I made the weight on Thursday. The champion has a name. His name is Charles Oliveira. The champion's name is still Charles Oliveira. Nothing changed. So who is next? There are a couple of options, and that seems to be a bit of debate at the moment. Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev, you still want to make that fight next? I do. But Joe Rogan just grabbed me in the hallway and told me not to. Listen, who, who doesn't think Dariush and fucking Islam is a great fight? But I'm not going to lie. After tonight, I don't mind, you know, I'm like, I wouldn't mind doing Islam versus you know, Oliver either. While Oliver didn't seem to give an opponent out of those contenders or Chandler's call out even, he did have at least a date in mind. We went to find December, uh, it went to rest a little bit. And by the way, it's gonna be in Brazil. Of course, he wants a payday like everyone else. How do you feel like your style matches up with that with that of Conor McGregor's? I have a, a daughter as well uh, to provide for, and it'll be a great payday, great for my legacy as well. And that's what the fight would be all about. Anyhow, that's it for me, guys. On to the rest. Whee! So with all that said and the bulk of the body in the bag, let's look at some eyewitness accounts. Yep, it's been a while since I've said that, and maybe it's been longer since I've seen a front kick KO that left me scrambling around on the floor trying to find my jaw. That's right, Michael Chandler made quite the damn impact. Literally. The calculated call-out of Conor McGregor worked a plenty for Mike, as the prize goat himself proclaimed in a now seemingly deleted tweet that, I'd have a nice knock off this guy, no doubt about it. A firework spectacle. I like the 170 shout also. Tipped him over. I'm definitely game to fight this guy at some stage of my career. I see it happening after tonight. Congrats on a solid win, Michael, and another barnstormer. In the deleted tweet's place, McGregor instead started boasting of his own front kick ability, comparing it to Anderson Silva's famous kick of Vitor Belfort. I was the first to start football punt kicks to the face of standing opponents. This is my debut. I call it the over-the-bar kick. Yes, very impressive indeed. He then took shots of Ferguson and Gaethje, tweeting, Gaethje is a jackass. The amount of absolute dribble he speaks as well, over and over, a grade A jackass. A bird brain with a bird brain manager. Two bum twats they are, he is a jackass. Steve O'Crack head in recovery should see, can Johnny give him a part? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that means. What the fuck is this? And for Ferguson, well, it was the McNugget meme treatment. You know, all of this has me thinking of the good old days. There are many people celebrating another man's victory. It's something that I cannot understand how 
somebody not involved can celebrate another man's victory. And of course that wasn't the only meme as the memes are out in full force for Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza as a lot of fans were, um, yeah, they were pretty unflattering about the lack of action. Okay, let's move on because the GOAT conversation is back in full force too, like after almost every event that a champion fights, but hey, there is some serious discussion to have about it. Charles Oliveira has won 11 straight fights and have finished 10 of those opponents. Some of those wins have come against Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Kevin Lee. It's time to start talking about Oliveira being the greatest lightweight of all time. And along with that kind of conversation comes another, yup, Habib. We all thought the dream matchup was Tony Ferguson versus Habib Namagamadoff. The real dream fight is Charles Oliveira versus Habib. Oh, Habib, why did you leave us with such few title defenses and so many more fights to have? Oh, BJ, you, you have the you have the answer. Ah, yeah. Never mind. Let's let's move on. Now that we've given the card a good look, see, it's time for a final analysis. Let's talk about Mikey first. Michael. Despite his losses, Chandler has proven to be must-see TV in his four UFC fights, that front kick cementing his drawing power going forward. Connor, another shot at gold, the pay-per-view co-main event title eliminator. The dude's a star, and he's been fully embraced now. Bring on the big money fights, what an entertainer. Carla versus Rose was a huge mess. One of the worst big fights ever. I feel horrible for Esparza here, as the win feels less significant than it should. Rose landed the least strikes of any fight that's gone the distance in her career at the lowest percentage as well. Not sure what happened in this one, but not a great night for Trevor Whitman. It was a roller coaster week for Charlie Olives. He gets stripped, then beats Gaethje like we've never seen. Now we have a vacant title, but a clear champion. This next fight would have been his third defense, tying him for the most all-time at lightweight. His next win also tying him for the longest divisional streak. Oliveira is quickly making a case for the greatest lightweight ever, and his resume gets more impressive with each fight. There are some killers ahead that should he beat would make it indisputable. Let's just hope there's no more hiccups, because that title technically isn't his right now and this sport is weird and things could get weirder thanks for watching please give us a like and subscribe we've got three new videos or more for you every single week let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below follow on point mma on twitter and have yourself a wonderful day